Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Wow, God is good. Amen. All right, so today is part two of our new series titled The Original Plan. And when you think about a plan, it means that there is like this string of, of uh, like a string of links, one connected to the other for the purpose of, of bringing about a specific end, uh, for the purpose of bringing about fulfillment. You plan things out so that things will come to pass. But today, we're not talking about human plans Today we're talking about the plans of God. Today we're talking about very spiritual plans. Plans that began even before the foundations of the earth. But these spiritual plans that actually speak in in specific detail to every single life here. How many believe God has a plan for every single life here? Could somebody say amen? That means God made you with a purpose and he wants to use you in very specific ways. Now last week we learned that the first link in that chain profoundly speaks to the whole issue of Uh, of being made in the image of God. Image, and in particular, our being made in the image of God is foundational to the original plan being fulfilled. Today we're going to connect that this whole principle of image with another principle to see how the plan is laid out. And can I tell you, after a couple of services of preaching to this, to uh, preaching about this, I really believe that it's God's will for some people to experience a breakthrough. I believe it's God's will for some of us to kind of cross over into a new space in God as we receive the truth of God's word today. So let's build from last week, Genesis chapter 1. Uh, Starting with verse 26. Now, at this point, we are at day six of the creation of, of, of all things. At this point, God has already created the sun and the moon and the stars and the waters and the seas and the mountains and the, the, the plants, the vegetation, the animals. And now he's going to create Adam. And look at what the Bible says here. It says, then God said, let us make man in our image. Let us make man in our image. Image is very, very important to the plan of God. Okay, let us make man in our image after our likeness. We are supposed to be like God and act like God. That is part of the plan of God. Plain and simple, from the very beginning, before the fall came, it was God's plan that we would be made in his image after his likeness. And then watch this, here's the addition. It says, and let them have dominion. And let them have dominion. 
we're going to talk about what dominion means. Dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Man and woman were created in the image of God. Each and every one of us, it was part of the plan of God, and this is vitally important to seeing that plan fulfilled. Now watch, it says, and God blessed them, and God said to them, he literally spoke to them, and he speaks to us today, and he said, be fruitful and multiply. It's God's will that you and I, as image bearers of him, right, of the most high God, it's God's will that we would be fruitful and multiply. It's part of the original plan. It's part of the original plan that we would be fruitful and multiply. And watch this. It says, and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion again. And fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Now what I want to do is I want to attach this to a, a New Testament verse that is basically saying the same thing in one sentence so that we realize is that in the, in the Garden of Eden when God created Man, that was before the fall. Now what we're reading is actually after the fall, but the plan still remains. Look at what Ephesians 2.10 says. It says, for we are his workmanship. Everybody say workmanship. That means creation. One of the uh, 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 translations, uh, one of the ways you translate the, the word in the original language literally means masterpiece. For we are his workmanship we are his masterpiece he created them then and he still has created us we have been created in the image of god now watch this we are his masterpiece created in christ jesus the difference between the beginning and now is now we are in Christ Jesus so that even though mankind fell, even though sin came into the world, hallelujah, Jesus also came into the world and he went to the cross and he went to the cross to pay for our sin and to rise from the dead so that we can walk in freedom and in victory and so that the original plan would still be in action, still be in play. How many no, God's plan is in play. Even though we've fallen, God still wants to use us. He still wants to make us fruitful. He still wants us to be agents of multiplication. Does anybody believe that here today? Would you say amen? In Christ Jesus, watch this, for we are his workmanship, his masterpiece created in Christ Jesus for good works. What are the good works? It's unique to every person. It's different from the front row to the second row to the third row, but it is still true. God has prepared good works. There are good works. What does that mean? That means that in your life, where you live, where you work, who you speak to, it is God's plan for you to be fruitful in all of those different circumstances, and he wants to make you an agent of his kingdom multiplication. 
Those are the good works. Okay? Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand. The original plan remains today. The original plan is still here and now, ready to be activated in our lives. Ready to be released in our lives. Watch that we should walk in them. Uh, hey, could they turn down the, the speakers here a little bit? They're a little hot. So listen, that we should walk in them and notice when it says that we should walk in them, this parallels to, uh, um, to what we just read when he said, be fruitful, multiply, and exercise dominion. Meaning that when God, listen closely, when God created us, and now that we know him, it is God's plan for us to be fruitful, for us to multiply, be agents of multiplication, and to do it with the authority that God gives us. There's an authority that God wants to give every person here. You're going to see how this builds. This is a little bit of a heady message, but it is vitally, vitally important. We're going to pray in a moment, but let me just finish building this out. It begins with the image of God. What I want to do now is put up a, a, um, a chart that was actually first created. Well, it's adapted uh, from a chart that was created by a Christian philosopher, apologist. His name was Francis Schaeffer. Look at this. Um, and here's the difference. There are two, two different ways of looking at your life. Okay? The biblical way says that one day, in the beginning of time, God created the heavens and the earth, and then he created the plants, then he created the animals, and then there was this space, okay? And he, his crowning achievement was Adam and Eve. Now, the reason why there's a space is because what the Bible teaches is that we are different from the animals. Plant life and animal life is life, but it's not like our lives. We're a different kind of life. We have been made in the image of God. We are like God. We are spiritual beings. And our spirits will live forever. Okay, when we die, our body remains, but our spirit moves on. To be absent from the body, the Bible says, for the believer is to be present with the Lord. Your spirit moves on. Amen? We're spiritual beings, first and foremost. In addition to that, we are also moral beings. We have a moral responsibility because God is a holy God. Right and wrong is, is important to God. And we, made in the image of God, we also live with a sense of moral responsibility. The animals are not morally responsible. The plants are not morally responsible, but we are. Amen? We are. Why? Because we're made in the image of God. It's different. And then lastly, we, like God, are made for relationship. 
We are made for relationship, relationship like God. God is love, and we're made to express that. So that's why there's this space, and then obviously there's a space between us and God. We're children of God. We're made in the image of God, but we're not God. How many know there's only one and, one and only true God? Amen? And so there's this space, but when it comes to us, we were made in the image of God. That is the biblical way, and this is important for us to understand. Now here, that's the biblical mindset. Now here is the secular mindset. Think about this. There are two prevailing kind of ideas right now in our culture. The secular mindset says this, that somehow, some way, a billion years ago, it depends on who you read, depends on what historian, what scientist you talk to, a billion years, 20 billion years, they have all kinds of different facts and figures. All of a sudden, there was nothing, and then there was something. Where did that something come from? Nobody knows. But it just came up. It was kind of like a soup. And out of that soup, like these fish started growing. And then the fish turned into frogs, and the frogs jumped out of the water, and the frogs were hopping around, they turned into squirrels, and on and on. And sooner or later, there was gorillas, and then we're cousins with the gorillas. <laughs> That's what they say. Okay? What's amazing to me is how science tests, and science will tell you, we have to test, we have to test, we have to test. We have to test. And science will test everything except when it comes to acknowledging God. They rather ignore the creation. What I declare to you is that there must have been an all-powerful, all-wise being with the capacity and the wisdom and the understanding to create this universe and this earth with all of the different ecosystems that are present so that we could live here with all of these different systems, all of the, the way your eye works and your your heart work and your lungs work and how all of it works together. We are examples of the most incredible designer. God is the most amazing designer. Hallelujah. How you could believe that this incredible complexity and design in all of the earth could come from absolutely nothing, an explosion without anything? But that's what people would rather say than to give God the credit for creation. But here's how it fleshes out. See, the way it fleshes out is it says, look, there were earth, there was the earth, and then evolution brought the plants, and then the plants turned into animals, and then the animals turned into man, and now we have the machine, and it's all the same. There's really no greater value. It really doesn't matter. We are just products of evolution, which is why. Why do we have machine there? It's crazy. Here's why. Because we are actually living in a day where technology is actually replacing people. People are living their lives through virtual reality, and it's actually fake. Do you know that in this world, I mean, there are articles, I've read articles about this, where people are now purchasing robots who look like human beings and they're having a relationship with a robot. Okay, why? Because life doesn't matter. Whatever is convenient for yourself, 
Whatever is easiest. If you have a struggle with real relationships, then have a fake relationship. If, it's, if that's what satisfies you, do whatever satisfies you. And that might be true if you have no purpose, if you were not created in, an, in the image of God. But God made us for greater and for better. God made us to be fruitful. God made us to multiply. God made us to make a difference on this planet and have deep relationships on this planet. Amen. Hallelujah. We don't settle, we don't settle for the cheap uh, um, uh, counterfeit for the imitation that the world offers us. Why? Because we've been made in the image of God. And God has a plan. Everyone say God has a plan. Yes, he does. From the foundations of the earth, God always had a plan for your life and for my life. I want to pray in a minute, okay? And it doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. God still wants to release that plan in its fullness, in its power, in its totality, so that your life would fulfill the will of God, and bring incredible glory to God. And here is where we cross over. We start with the image of God, but then we have to understand that we must receive the right mindset because here's, here's why. Look, if the devil or the ways of this world can get you and I to separate from the image of God, then we are also separated from the plan of God and the authority of God. You see, if we can be separated from the image of God, from the fact that we were created by him to bring him glory, created by him, meaning that we're supposed to be like him and act like him, then we lose his plan, his leading, and we also lose his authority. Then it's all up to us. But it was never meant to be that way. And so part of what has to be restored is our mindset. And the title of this message is The Original Mindset. You know, sometimes... Sometimes we just think the wrong way about things. Sometimes the solution is right in front of us. Sometimes the breakthrough is right in front of us, but we're thinking the wrong way. You heard that, that baptismal testimony? He was like, wait a second. If, if, if he can intervene in, in the life of my dog, he can intervene in my life. God has great things for, for, my, for my pet, and God has great things for me. That's a new mindset. That's a switch. You know, it's amazing to me how God uses the simplest things to speak in the most powerful ways. God wants to speak to us and get our mindset in line with his mindset. And when that changes, I'm telling you right now, everything changes. And so I want to pray today because it's not God's will 
for us to be defeated, discouraged, downcast. It's God's will for us to be fruitful and for us to bring about incredible kingdom multiplication. Let's pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you and we praise you that you have a plan. Lord, from the foundations of the earth, you knew that you wanted to activate something powerful in our lives for 2020. And you want this to be the most blessed year, the most victorious year, the most purposeful year of life that we've ever lived. And so I pray today that you would break unbelief in the name of Jesus. I pray that unbelief would be broken. I pray, oh God, that cynicism would be broken. I pray that you would put something inside of us that we will We'll, we'll have a burning passion so that we will not settle for less than the original plan for our lives and that we would walk in the victory and the power and the influence that you've called us to. Bless this word now, bless our time by your mighty power, by your Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus and everyone said, amen, amen and amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So as I've been, I've been sharing thus far, it begins with image. Look at what Francis Schaeffer said about this. It is on the basis of being made in the image of God that everything is open to man. Dominion itself is an aspect of the image of God in the sense that man being created in the image of God, stands between God and all which God chose to put under him. Do you realize that in this coming week, there will be forces of darkness, there will be people in certain situations and circumstances, and God wants to use you to stand between him and between them and to represent them and bring the kingdom of God into that particular place. That the way they would talk about this is they would say in the New Testament, the disciples would say the kingdom of God is upon you. The kingdom of God is here. Why do we pray? Let your kingdom what? Come. Let your will be done. How? On earth as it is in heaven. We are agents of the kingdom of God. We bring the kingdom of God. Why? Because we are the image bearers of God. And so that's the way it's supposed to be. Now watch. To exercise dominion means to bring under one's control or to take possession. To assert authority, but with great care. It's not that we're God. God is God. But we are his agents and we are called to exercise a certain authority and exercise a certain grace that comes with being a child of God that enables us to make a difference for the glory of God. Dominion is not absolute but delegated and is strictly accountable to the true owner, to his plan, to his will, to his way. And so, so fundamentally speaking, the original plan, here's what it was. The original plan is that we would live as God's agents of fruitfulness and multiplication. 
Now, here's what that means. I know this is kind of heady stuff, but here's what it means practically speaking. I want to begin with a, an illustration. So uh, I gave my heart to the Lord when I was about 17. And I gave my heart to the, uh, to the Lord on a baseball field. I was on my way to a professional career. Supposedly was going to get drafted pretty high in the draft. And um, um, I did get drafted, but I ended up getting hurt. And then my life, the day I gave my life to Christ was the beginning of the end of my baseball career. I didn't know it, but that's what happened. So fast forward three or four years later, I'm like, I'm like lost. I, had no, I, I didn't understand why God would snatch me from the thing that I love and the thing that I was good at. And, um, and a guy helped me get a job. Actually, a guy who wanted to be my agent, he had a connection in Midtown Manhattan. And um, one of his friends was a textile broker. And um, one of his friends uh, would sell the, the material for the material of this shirt or this jeans to the different houses, Calvin Klein, you know, back then, Perry Ellis and Guess and all of these different uh, uh, um, companies, they buy the material and then they create whatever they create. So I got a job as an assistant of a high power uh, um, textile broker. Let's, let's, his initials, let's say his HR. And he was so nice to me, and um, it was an amazing thing uh, as I worked for him. I was basically his assistant. He made, a lot, he made hundreds of thousands of dollars, over $300,000 in the, in the 80s. And here's how I know one of my jobs was to take his checks to the bank. <laughs> Talk about jealousy and envy every day. And it was crazy because it was a different kind of bank. This was a bank with just personal bankers. So when I would walk in, I would ask for a specific person, and I would say, I'm here for Mr. HR, and I would uh, uh, give the checks and all, and they would process everything for him. I mean, this was a different kind of bank. I'd never been in a bank like this, but sure enough, I would go to the bank, and then when he uh, was doing deals, he would sit at the desk, he would get a phone call, he would call people. I didn't know exactly how this happened, but it was like so-and-so, I would hear it on the phone, and it would be something like this. How many yards do you need? A 40,000 yards. Okay, I got 40,000 yards. But he hang up the phone, call this guy. I need 40,000 yards. And soon enough, he would say, hey, take this paperwork over there. Get this signature. And I'm going back and forth and carry this swatch to them. This is the actual fabric. And the crazy thing was is when he sent me, it didn't matter. Calvin Klein, Periel, didn't matter what kind of store. I would go in and I would speak to the receptionist and say, hey, I'm here for Mr. HR. I'm here to speak to so-and-so. And they would go, oh, go right in. And I would walk past there into the back office, talk to the boss, transact business, and it was like crazy how I could get just right through, right? So then he said to me one day, you know, um, if, you're not, if you're not running around for me, you're not really doing much here. Why don't you start doing what I did? You know how I got to this place? He said, I used to sell this stuff. I used to go knock on doors. Go out there and start selling this stuff. So he gave me a bag. I had all of these different swatches, different colors. And he said, go. And so there's buildings with like floor after floor after floor in midtown Manhattan. And you could just knock on the door. And I used to go try to sell. And guess what? I was horrible at it. <laughs> I mean, horrible. And one day, 
after I was doing so bad, this is, this is going to come to a point. <laughs> One day I was doing so bad, I finally said, you know what? I'm not even going back to the office until he called me. And so if you watch the Macy's Day Parade, right across the street from Macy's, there's this little park. It's like a triangle, maybe twice the size maybe twice the size of this platform. And I remember I was sitting in there and it was me and about, it felt like a hundred pigeons. And I'm my bag there. Seriously, imagine me sitting there like this. And I literally said to myself, you know what this looks like? This looks like a sad movie. But I was really sad. I wasn't laughing at the moment. I was like, my life is like a sad movie. Do you know it's not God's will for your life to be a sad movie? Do you know that's not God's will or God's way? But here's why it was so sad. When I would walk in for him, I used to get right to the back of the office. Speak to the most important people. Get the business done. When I would walk in just for me, I couldn't get past the receptionist. So walk in for me. They wouldn't let me through. Walking for him, I got all the way through. What was the difference? In one moment, I was my own agent. In another moment, I was his agent. The moral of the story is that we are agents of the Most High God. And he wants to open doors. He wants to use us to break through, to be fruitful, to multiply. That is part of the original plan. And no matter where you find yourself today, no matter how sad the movie looks, God wants to turn the movie around. He has a plan for your life, and he wants to bless your life and use your life. And, and, and as he uses your life, he will get incredible glory when we step into the original plan. You have to step into the original plan. God wants you to go home and say, wait a second, wait a second. I know it's just little old me, but it's not just little old me. I've been made in the image of God and he's got stuff for me to do today. This is the way it unfolded in the lives of the disciples. I'm gonna give you a couple of examples, two quick application points, we'll be on our way home. So look at how this unfolded. Remember Peter? Peter wrote his own epistle. And here's what he said. He's now he's speaking to the church. This is the guy who made tons of mistakes, but still preached the first sermon of the New, of the New Testament church. This is the guy who denied, denied Jesus, but Jesus forgave him and then used him in mighty ways. Now he's speaking to the church with great authority. After messing up all of those times, Still getting up. Isn't it good that we mess up and we fall down, but God cleans us up and picks us up again. And he says, I got a plan for your life. I'm going to use your life. So Peter is a crowning example of that. Now he's speaking to the church, not realizing per se that he's not only speaking to the first century church, that he's speaking to the church, the eternal church, so to speak. Thousands of years later, we are being ministered to by that guy who fell down and got up and fell down and got up because God had an incredible eternal plan. And look at what he's saying. It says, each of you, everybody say, that would be me. 
Each of you should use whatever gift you have received. Everybody here has been gifted by God. Each of you should use whatever gift we, uh, uh, you have received to serve others, like we were talking about before, as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Watch. If anyone speaks, they should do so, right? They should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. That's the original plan. That's dominion. You're going to speak for God? Well, speak like God is speaking through you. Walk in the authority that God has given you. Don't just talk, but talk for God. He, here's, what, here's how he said it to the disciples. Look, even they're going to come and arrest you, but when they arrest you, don't worry, because words will be given you. You'll stand before judges. You'll stand before kings, but the word of the Lord will be in your mouth because the Holy Spirit has set up those moments, and I'm going to get great glory through your mouth. Do you know this coming week, God wants to get great glory through what flows out? of you? Do you believe the Holy Spirit wants to give you words that can change somebody's life? That's the original plan. So you're going to speak? Speak as if they were the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides. Well, you don't know my schedule. I can't do it. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Could somebody say amen? He wants to use you, your energy, your life, your gifts, your talents. And if he has to break off fear, if he has to break off doubt, if he can break those unholy mindsets so that we could be activated in the original plan of God. Watch so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever, everyone. Amen. Amen. You see, simple Peter operating with the authority of God to be fruitful and to bring about multiplication, kingdom expansion. A couple more uh, illustrations. Peter, again, Peter walks into a temple right after Jesus has risen from the dead. This was one of those moments that really kicked off the church. So he walks in, and there's a beggar there, and the beggar is begging because his legs are weak. He's sick, and he's on a mat, and he's asking for help. And Peter walks up and looks at him, and he's asking for money. He says, look, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. I am a carrier of the authority of God. And so what does he say? He says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And the guy jumps up and starts walking because God used one of his servants. Do you believe that God still does miracles? God did miracles back then and he does miracles now. And he wants to use us to do miracles. But we got to get the right mindset. We got to get faith that God really wants to use us. A couple more. Paul to Titus. Titus was one of, uh, is a pastor. Titus is, is uh, 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 one of the pastors in the New Testament. And one of the pastoral epistles was a letter that Paul wrote to Titus. And look at what he says to Titus. Titus, in your leadership, encourage and rebuke with all authority. 
Do not let anyone despise you. Meaning you, rep you represent Jesus. When you talk to Jesus, when you talk for Jesus and when you represent Jesus, encourage people. And don't be intimidated by the, the darkness and the difficulty of people's lives. You know, when you start in the ministry, you get intimidated. You hear a situation, and when you're young in, the, in, in leadership, you get a, a crazy situation, and you're like, you're like, God can do it. And then you go in the closet, and you're like, oh, snap. You know? But can I tell you something? After years, we have watched Jesus Christ turn every situation, every type of circumstances, no matter how backward, no matter how broken, where sin does abound, grace does even more abound. Where the dead are, they shall rise. When Jesus speaks, how many know the dead in Christ shall rise? Nothing is too hard for God. So mother comes and she says, you know what, my son has been an alcoholic for all of these years and he's a slave to alcohol. And I say, you know what, he might be a slave to alcohol, but he's going to become a slave of Jesus Christ. He's going to get free from that and he's going to serve the most high God. And we say it with authority and we encourage and we say, do not fear because Christ is with you. Come on now. Encourage. When you go out and encourage people, encourage them. Believe that Christ is able to make a difference. That family, that situation, nothing is too hard for God. So he said, Titus, encourage. He also said rebuke with all authority. People like the encourage part, the rebuke part. They're like, I don't know about that one. But this is true. This happened. So, so I had a crazy thing happen today. Yesterday as I was preparing for this, and I was thinking about this particular point, I thought of a moment maybe about 14 years ago, 15 years ago. Our church is 18 years old. So I was actually sharing this with Pastor Jake yesterday as a potential illustration. So here's what happened. So uh, a woman gave her heart to the Lord and she was coming and then she had two daughters and they started to come to the church. And one day, one of her daughters came to the altar. And so she says to me, you know, um, I'm dating this guy. And she starts telling me about her life. It turns out he was a professional athlete. And so all this. And when she told me the story, I just said, oh, you got to break up with that guy. You know? No, no, no. That's no good. You got to break up with that guy. That's not the way to do this. You know? So um, she goes, okay. So anyway, I get a call in the middle of the week. Hey. Um, I told my boyfriend what you said, and he's not happy, but he wants to come meet with you. <laughs> so, I'm like, okay. <laughs> so sure enough, the day comes, the appointment is set, and she walks in, and then it wasn't a, a man who walked through the door. It was a mountain. <laughs> this is not a man. This is an absolute mountain. He, he was either a football player or wrestler. I forget. But this guy was so jacked. I was like, this guy's going to snap me into like three. Bloop. <laughs> you know when you see the play unfold right in front of you? This, uh, pick me up, snap, just like that. So I'm like, oh, snap, Lord. So I go in the, I'm doing push-ups back there. I go, 
Ready, ready, ready. So, excuse me. You know what I'm So we sit there and we talk. And at a certain point, I was like, look, you know, there's a way to do something that is blessed by God. The way you're doing it, this will never be blessed by God. Okay? If you want to get right with God, get right with God. But don't play church and don't play like you want to do spiritual things. You're either going to honor God or you're not. This does not honor God and this is not pleasing to God. And I'm telling you right now, this should not take place. No, no, I didn't do that. No, I didn't do that. In my, in my, you know, inside. So the guy was like, I was like, okay. And sure enough, they broke up. So I'm thinking about using the illustration today. As God is my witness, this happened today, Chris. So it's first service. First service, when we go to shake hands, I'm shaking hands, and a woman comes up to me, goes, Pastor Toledo, and I go, hi. She was like vaguely familiar. Vaguely, but I couldn't. And she said to me, I spoke to you when I was in my 20s. Now I'm in my 40s. And she said, you gave me some advice. And I'm doing so well. And I was like, oh, did you move to Texas? She goes, no. I didn't move to Texas because you told me don't move to Texas. And she goes, and my life is so good and I'm so blessed. Thank you. And guess who it was? It was that young lady. And listen, listen. All because... Someone has nothing to do with me. All because someone spoke the truth in love. Do you realize you can say something to somebody tonight that will impact their children, their grandchildren, that will impact 15 years later, that will impact where they live, what they do, why? Because that was your assignment. Because you were assigned by God to be at that place, to be God's agent, to be God's voice. And even if you have to take some authority and say, thus saith the Lord, the word of God says that, God wants to use your life and God wants to make us an incredible blessing as we walk out the image and the plan of the Most High God. And can I tell you something? I was absolutely blown away because it reminded me of this. Look, when you live for God, you do God's will. And you may not get awards on this side of heaven. You may not get medals. You may not get a lot of pats on the back, but everything that you do for Christ, one day Jesus is gonna part the clouds and come back for his people. One day we're gonna see him face to face and his reward, the Bible says, will be with him. And he will say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Every, anybody wanna hear that on that day? Hallelujah. You gotta dial into the original plan. You have to let your mindset change and say God really does want to use me God really does want to make me fruitful and make me an agent of multiplication 
Here's how it plays out in a very simple and practical way. Two application points and then we'll be done. Number one, because we belong to God, because we're made in the image of God, as agents of God, we are called to pray for fruitfulness and multiplication. As agents of God, one of the greatest weapons that we have is the weapon of prayer. Because we're children of the Most High God, we are called to pray and to say, we will not put up with the works of darkness. And what that means is that, and Christy and I were talking about this, the longer you serve God, it's so cool to serve God for a long time. Because when you serve God for a long time, then you get to see all of the things that God does and you get to learn that even though something difficult comes up in your life today and they come up every day, have you noticed that? Even though something difficult comes up in your life today, you know if you pray and you keep praying, you will be more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Something happens with one of your, ch your children and the devil starts to attack them. And you know what? He starts to confuse them. And you say, in the name of Jesus, Satan, you will not have my daughter. You will not have my son. I stand in the spirit realm against it. I stand in the spirit realm against it. I stand against it. I declare your victory. I declare your glory. I declare your power, oh God. We will not accept that in the name of Jesus. We've been authorized to praise with authority that says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And things go wrong and things get worse, but you're just like, I'm standing on the promise of God. I know my purpose. I know my role, and I'm going to pray. And then lo and behold, you wake up one day, and you go, oh, snap. Look at the great turnaround. Look at the miracle. How many know when we pray, we win because our God answers prayer? He said, call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will answer you. Hallelujah. That's never changed. It's never changed that when the people of God pray, God doesn't answer. How many know we serve an answering God? So how are you praying for your life? Pray for fruitfulness. Pray for multiplication. Pray for those opportunities to unfold. Be an agent of life. Let your mindset change. You know, some, there comes a time when you're like, Lord... Deliver me from this, yes. But some people live from one deliverance to another. How many know that's not God's will? We're supposed to get delivered and then walk in victory. We're supposed to walk in the victory and in the blessing of God. It's not just deliverance, deliverance, deliverance. It's life and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came that we might have life and life to the full. Oh, you're struggling with it. You're struggling with it. Oh. Come on, let's praise God. He's got a full life for us. Hallelujah, Jesus. But see, it's a mindset. It's a mindset that says, yeah, my life was like a sad movie. But I don't receive that anymore. And I'm going to start walking in faith. And I'm going to let the Holy Spirit lead me. And I'm going to believe that God is going to make me a fruitful person. 
There are a few more links in the chain. We'll keep going with this series. Next week is very important to this. But you have to wake up, you have to go home, and you have to pray, Lord, it's your will. Stop looking at what is and think about the power of his plan. Stop looking at where you've come to today. Don't worry about that. Think about the plan of God and pray, God, make me an agent of fruitfulness. Make me an agent of kingdom multiplication. And then we'll close with this. You pray that. And then guess what you're supposed to do after you pray? After you pray, then as an agent of God, you have to walk in the authority of God. You pray, and then you step out in faith and you start to live. You pray, and after you pray, if there's a phone call that you got to make, you make the phone call. Why are you going to pray over the phone call if you never make the phone call? But how many know, after you pray, make the phone call. You see, after you pray, step out and do what you know God is telling you to do. You actually walk in it. For you are God's masterpiece. A masterpiece reflects the master. So walk in the reflection of that master and start doing the different things that you know God actually wants you to do. Let me give you an example and we'll close. So we were talking about this this morning. We have a brother in our church. He works in the medical field. And um, he's, he got a new job. And on this new job, he, uh, um, his he was working for, for the, the top guy. The top guy got sick, and so he had to run things. He's running things until he gets better. Now, his natural way of preparing for each day is he reads the Bible. He writes himself some notes. Sometimes he even carries those notes in his pocket. You know, that word I've hidden in my heart and in my pocket, the Bible says, right? <laughs> so he carries the word around with him, and, uh, and he'll pray, and then he'll start his day. So kind of like very reflexively, he had the first meeting, and you know what he did? He kind of read a verse, and he actually prayed with, with these people. And it went okay. So he did it another day, and it went okay. So then he had this revelation like, wait a second. You know, when I was in med school, I was doing this, and I got re reprimanded. And I better be careful. I don't want to lose my job. So he decided not to do it this one day. And when he decided not to do it one day, and they were in like the team huddle before the day started, they were like, hold on, where's the word? Aren't you going to pray for us? What's going on here? Come on. Come on, walk in the authority of God. Walk in the authority of God. You're like, well, they don't do that. They don't do that unless someone who's walking in the authority of God brings it to that office. And guess what? Then they start doing things that they wouldn't do. Because someone is walking in the authority of God. You show me someone who's walking in the authority of God, and I will show you someone who's bringing about a different kind of fruitfulness and an amazing kingdom multiplication. Over the last... Two months. I don't know exactly how it happened. But one of the teachers in one of the schools in, in our close proximity, I believe, teacher of one of the students of one of the parents in this church, 
they were invited. They came to one of the meetings. I don't know who she is, but she gave her life to the Lord. I just heard this morning, Chris. She's had a, such a miraculous conversion. I mean, we're talking about transformation. So she's not only been gotten saved and been absolutely transformed, but she's been meeting now with some of the, the moms here from our church. And guess what she did? She started a Bible study with like six or seven unbelievers. So now she's got her own becoming group already and she just got saved. You know what I'm saying? And she's learning here and giving it away there. Could we praise God? That's walking in the authority of God. How does that happen? Someone starts to walk in the authority of God. And that's God's will for each and every person here. It begins, it begins, I'm gonna tell you right now, it begins when there's a switch inside of us, the switch of faith, the switch, the mindset change that says, yes, Lord, I believe, even though I did mess up, I believe, even though I do have certain weaknesses, I believe, even though there's all of these things, I believe that you wanna use me, God. And I believe that you have a great plan for my life. I wanna challenge every person here today. I wanna challenge you. God has an amazing plan for your life. God has a plan for you to make an eternal impact. An impact on people's lives that they're going to meet you and talk to you and see you and they're going to start thinking about Jesus. They're going to have such a powerful encounter with you that they're going to have a talk with Jesus themselves. And they're going to surrender their lives to Jesus. And then they're going to be used by God and this thing is going to continue. And in the course of it, they're going to look at your life and say, oh my goodness, there is so much blessing on this person's life. And when they say, why are you so blessed? You will say, I'm not blessed because of me. I'm blessed because of whom I serve. I serve Jesus. He's the king of glory. And when you serve him, he has a great and marvelous and beautiful plan for your life. Come on, stand to your feet. He has a powerful plan. He has a powerful plan. I want to, look, we're going to lift our hands and see God, but if there's anyone here, you feel like I need a breakthrough on the inside. I need a breakthrough in my faith. It's an amazing thing how people are changed. People are changed when they respond to God, God draws them, they respond to God, and there's an interaction with God nobody sees, but something happens, and then you're different, and you start to walk differently. If you're here today, in a moment, we're gonna pray for ourselves, but you wanna respond to God, I wanna open up this altar. I want you to come, and you're like, Lord, I need a shift in my thinking. I need a shift in my faith. 
I need the original mindset. I want to line up with the original plan of God. If you're here and you've been drifting and you're not sure, and maybe you find yourself in the same place that I found myself when I was 21 years old and you feel like my life is like a sad movie, it doesn't matter where the movie is right now. The movie's about to change because when we come to God and we surrender to the plan of God, he steps in with his grace and glory and power. And he wants to do that today, March 1st, 2020. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he still moves in power. And he still uses people for his glory.